Triple M. Please, Vic Four Diego's welcome to UK Football Journo, Mike McGrath. Thanks for joining us, Mike. No problem, guys. Good to speak to you. Good to speak to you too. Firstly, if there's one thing that could set Harry Redknapp's twitch racing is a loss to a club they should never lose to. This week, of course, Tottenham will select 3-1 at Blackpool. Now, they can't surely call themselves a big club if they can't beat sides, however plucky, like Blackpool. Well, yeah, I think um, I think Harry's uh, or Tottenham's uh, kind of chickens came home to roost. Really, they should have uh, they should have strengthened in the uh, in the January transfer window. And Harry really wanted to bring in a striker, one and also uh, Phil Neville. Um, he's a bit old and he's uh, and he's getting towards the end of his career, but he'd be the perfect defender for the Spurs for the rest of the season. Um, Harry wanted him. Uh, the chairman didn't bid big enough. Um, and they went without him and they could have also had um, Charlie Adam if they just sorted it out a little bit quicker and got the paperwork in order because they had a bid accepted and and uh, the paperwork didn't go through. So in terms of uh, you know big mentality of a big club, big clubs don't normally leave it so late and slapdash in the transfer market and um, unfortunately Spurs have kind of paid the price because they've got a lot of injuries at the moment and, um, and not enough in terms of uh, competition for places. Mike, Donny here. You could almost say that the disappointment, uh, you could say disappointment for Arsenal as well, except that their disappointment came against Leighton Orient in the <laughs> FA Cup. So you've beaten Barcelona one night, you draw against a pub team, but then you beat Stoke City overnight. We seem to be asking this every week, but are they pretenders or are these kiddies the real thing? Um, I think... I think Arsenal on on their way to being the real thing, but I mean last night, despite winning against Stoke, the, the kind of massive news over here is the fact that they picked up these injuries ahead of the Carling Cup final. Uh, picked up an injury to Theo Walcott, who's definitely out, and Tess Fabregas is probably out. Um, if they don't do the business against uh, uh, Birmingham, then the criticism that's levelled at them will, will will continue. Really, that that they are. Uh, you know, not not really quite there. Haven't got the strength to to do it because um, you know it's getting on to six years now, and um, and they haven't got a trophy. I remember uh, Patrick Vieira scoring that penalty against uh, Manchester United. Seems a, a long, long time ago now. Now, Mike, it's Cactus here, mate. Uh, I want to talk to you about Man United for a moment. I've of course, a you of, do. I got a bit <laughs> of a snap in my shorts last week. I must admit. There was talk of the Qatari royal family buying out the club from the Glazer family at a handsome profit for the Glazers, which is okay. Now, it was denied by our friends in the Middle East, which means it is probably going to go ahead. Where is that story at at the moment? Yeah, it's, 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 as you said, it was. Um, it's, that there's no takeover imminent. But it's certainly, it, it seems that the Glazers are, that, that they're in, uh, in line for a sale if somebody's willing to stump up the cash. We have a UEFA fair play, financial fair play rules coming in, uh, which means you can only spend as much as you can, uh, you bring in and, uh, there's also controls over debt. So, uh, if there is, if there is somebody willing to pay the Glazers what they want, I'd, I'd see that the, uh, the ownership changing hands uh, at Manchester United. And, of course, uh, it, it would also uh, mean that the uh, Man U fans would be very happy, obviously, because uh, they've been upset with the level of debt that, that the uh, Glazers have saddled the club with.
On the 4 Diego's Across Australia, you're listening to a very special soft sombrero moment with UK football journal Mike McGrath. Now, Mike, it's Rodrigo here. Now, on the field, suddenly Chelsea's talking tough, you know, with their tough captain, uh, John Terry, suggesting, you know, that United could choke or bottle was his words that they, you know, and that Chelsea could overtake United. Now, all this sudden newfound confidence, you know, by the boys from London, is that wishful thinking or is there something in what he says? I think it's really wishful. I think um, <laughs> Manchester United have probably choked a few times already. They, they might not have lost uh, a, a game in the league, but they have dropped points to the likes of uh, West Bromwich Albion at home. Uh, they've given plenty of chances, plenty of um, glimpses to uh, to a lot of to a lot of other uh, uh, the rest of their rivals. Unfortunately, though, it's uh, down to the others to take advantage, and Chelsea haven't done that. Um, I don't know where Fernando Torres is going to get his goal from because it doesn't uh, seem like it's going to come anytime soon. It's a case of uh, Manchester United by default this year, mm-hmm. unless uh, unless somebody can uh, can really step up. Mm. Now, Mike Tevez is agitating again at Man City. <laughs> Says he now wants to go back to Corinthians in Brazil. Now, you know, at what point do you just let this big sook go home? <laughs> I think you've got to try and keep him and uh, his very uh, active agent uh, as, as sweet as possible uh, because I think he's he really makes them tick. He, he kind of drags that Manchester City team uh, by the scruff of the neck and, and gets gets victories for him. As much as uh, Dzeko looks a good player, uh, Balotelli can turn it on when he wants. I mean, he, uh, they're not leaders like Tevez. Um, I think it was uh, he's got his contract now that he wanted uh, from, Man- from Manchester City um, and they should just try and keep him as sweet as possible. I know it's probably not the right thing to say, but uh, it's player power at the moment and um, I think it's all important that he stays if Manchester City want, want any kind of uh, success in the future. Mike, he he got what he wanted in his contract. Did he forget to ask for the steak knives or something? <laughs> what is it, What is he agitating for now? I think it's just I think it's just his agent being getting fairly busy. Obviously, if if he does move, you get big signing on fees for for everybody all round. Um, I, I I can't imagine a Brazilian team being uh, able to afford his wages or uh, or transfer fees. So I, I think he would he would uh, be staying there unless something uh, pretty dramatic happens. Now. Mike, tell us about uh, the Messiah at Liverpool. When he, when he came to the club at the start of the year under Roy Hodgson, uh, Joe Cole was uh, deemed by Warren, our very own Warren Diego, as the, the, the player that was going to turn things around. They're going to win everything. They're going to win the quadruple with this guy. He's hardly been on the field. And actually, he was very disappointing in his time at Chelsea. Um, where is he at under Kenny Dalglish at Liverpool now? Joe Cole, um, he's, he's pretty much... Uh where he was at the start of the season, which was uh, which was a terrible start for him. He got a red card in his first game, missed, missed three games, and he hasn't really done he hasn't really done anything. I mean, I'm, at the moment, he's done an interview today saying that he can still be a cop idol, um, <laughs> but uh, a play on word on pop idol if you don't get it over there. Um, but um, I think uh, it's it's really t- it's going to be really tough for him. I think. Uh, Following Spurs down here and covering Spurs, you see what Rafa van der Vaart has done. I mean, that could easily have been Joe Cole because uh, Harry wanted Joe Cole, couldn't afford it, or the club couldn't afford his wages. 
um, and, and he turned to and he turned to Van der Vaart really uh, late in the transfer window. And Cole's gone up there and he just hasn't really he hasn't really had that chance at all. I think he's always he, he's always kind of suffered from not having a proper position in terms of a settled position. Um, Talent wise, he would get in a lot of people's teams, but I just think he needs the trust of uh, the trust of a, of a manager. Whether Kenny Dalglish gives him that trust, um, we don't know because obviously every point is important for Liverpool at the moment. But uh, you know they've got a, a Europa League game tonight uh, where they'll probably uh, be resting Steven Gerrard and a few of the others, so it could give him a real chance. To, uh, to to shine and, and force his way into the team. It's, it's a shame that you're talking about Joe Cole forcing his way into a team because um, he, he'd be the first on a lot of people's team sheets. One last one, mates. Of course, uh, UEFA Champions League will play this week and uh, it's the second round of the, of the games uh, compared to last week. And, of course, Marseille drew nil all with Manchester United. But Copenhagen lost 2-0 to Chelsea at home, uh, and Nicholas Anelka was the man on the spot there scoring two goals for, for Chelsea. Isn't it ironic that uh, with all the talk that Carlo Ancelotti's going to team uh, Drogba with Torres as a two-pronged attack there at Chelsea, that Anelka is probably the guy that saved his job? Yeah, I mean, Anelka is uh, you know just reliable for for any any manager really. From uh, you know he's had so many teams, he's won pretty much everything. And uh, from when he moved back from Real Madrid to uh, Liverpool, Bolton, Chelsea, he's uh, he's, he's always scored goals. Um, it's, and and out of those three, at the moment, he looks uh, the most likely to get a goal as well. I don't think Drogba. Uh, has looked the same since his malaria scare um, and certainly the Ivory Coast doctors think he's still got it um, and, and we all know about Torres so it's uh, it, it, it's been down to Nicholas and Elka this week to, to, to uh, get get the goals for Ancelotti and if they lost that one like, like you say who knows what would have happened this week well, Arsenal's got uh, the Kissing Your Sister Cup final this uh, this week, the, the Carling Cup final against uh, Birmingham. Uh, it's an injury-ravaged Arsenal with some big players out. Can they get their first piece of silverware since 2005? Well, I think that they'd start off as a favourite, but, you know, us in England, we love the underdog. Um, and Birmingham have been struggling against uh, against relegation uh, earlier this season. They've got a big, tall, lanky striker in Digic who might upset the Arsenal defence. Um, so I think most people will probably like, quite like to see uh, um, Birmingham upset the odds, but uh, I'm sure the Arsenal fans and Arsenal Wenger, after so long without a trophy, um, think that surely now is their time uh, to, to end that silverware drought. Um, and, and to be honest, you know they've got a great chance as well against a, a team not one of the big five or six at the moment. Um, but I think I think I'm rooting for the underdog on that one. Given that they think they're the best team in the world since they beat Barcelona last week, uh, you'd think that they could win this one. But uh, Mike, thanks for joining us again. It's a great pleasure speaking to you. We'll speak to you again next week. No problem. Speak soon, guys. That was a very special soft sombrero moment with UK football journo Mike McGrath.